five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omnistrife and Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, fellas. Howdy doody. How are you doing? T- yeah. Excited uh, for tomorrow myself, personally. Are you guys looking forward to the PlayStation experience? Oh, yes. That's tomorrow? Or like today? Yeah. Well... If you're listening to this as a listener, you probably already know if we gotten that mm. MGS3 remake, Final Fantasy VII. Rebirth. Rebirth Part and all two. that stuff. Oh, man. I, I can't wait. I've been waiting for this yep. for a long, long time. Agreed. How many discs will Final Fantasy VII uh, be this time around? Ooh, I don't know. Like, the first one was already two discs, so... <laughs> was it, you, you mean remake? was? It was actually two discs? The remake was two discs. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Holy cow. Yeah, if you got the physical version, yeah. you got multiple discs. Like multiple, Blu-rays. I think we spoke wow. about this on the, the show like, like way back. This feels like deja not, vu. <laughs> not not like you know Final Fantasy VII, but like multi-disc games. Yeah, and yeah, like how many people out there in the more modern generation understand? Those of us who grew up with a PC yeah. were to install a game, uh, you put in disc one of eight, mm-hmm. and the installation was part of the gaming experience. You get the the physical release of Overwatch Two. There's also two discs. The second disc is for PVE. I was going to say the second disc oh. we just can't use yet. <laughs> yeah, it's coming in yeah, season it's, seven. It's time locked. Yeah, it's Overwatch Three. You know what? I, I think we. I do remember this conversation because I pulled out my copies of World of Warcraft that are just over there. The the original. Ah, and all yeah, the yeah. all the discs but on there. Did we talk during a show or was it like the after show? Like, honest, if we had a microphone going for what we talk about before we hit record and what we t- talk about after we hit record, we could package it up and probably have a better podcast than what we talk about in between the records. I don't know if everyone wants to hear about the idea you had. Maybe just not before today's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we had we would we had a wine raging <laughs> conversation that I had said we would never refer to or talk about ever again, and here I am introducing it. So. Let's actually talk about the Overwatch League. Uh, both the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant were in action and will be in action again. So we're going to recap how the weekend went for the two Canadian teams. Uh, suffice to say, 500 is not 500, dependent on your perspective. Uh, the rest of the league is obviously doing rest of league things, and the East has gotten into the brackets. So we'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh, out there. Uh, and uh, yeah, as always with any show, uh, everything else that we can possibly think of and fit into an hour to an hour and a half. So um, without noise or sound effects, Jordan, it's time to push the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! There was a small part of me that wondered if you would simply do it for the sake of doing it. <laughs> I thought about it. I, w- I was really going to, but I decided to hold back. <laughs> Make well, a- I'm, I'm glad, and I'm sure our listeners are, are glad, too, that you, you held back on uh, what your uh, audio version of pushing a payload may sound like. Um Speaking of uh, a, a payload being pushed, the Vancouver Titans kicked things off against the London Spitfire this weekend. And uh, suffice to say, they got the job done. But that uh, first map on Ilios mm. did give me a little bit of the shakies. Uh, right. We also saw the Dark Arts uh, make an appearance. Um, don't trust anything anyone says in chat. 
But what, uh, what is that referring to? The dark arts? So at the start of Ilios on Lighthouse, um, teams are coming out and Hattie goes and says, can we restart oh. in chat? And when you watch how the Vancouver Titans were rolling out, there is a definitive pause mm-hmm. and almost like, like What's whether or not on? they took it seriously, instead of, you know, two teams going and having a battle in the middle or at the lighthouse, it's like the Vancouver Titans simply conceded, hey, London, take this point from us. We're not too concerned. Well, we're the Canadian team. We have to be polite and respect their, their request. Wait for an official is- ruling. And it was really tough for them because they chose to come out on that echo. And, and if you don't get that initial initial hold, it's really hard to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about this a little bit in, further. But but London really likes their brawl comp. Like, I mean, really, really likes their brawl comp. But in, on Elias, it worked uh, pretty well for them. Uh, what was the first map? like? It was Lighthouse. Lighthouse? Yeah, yeah first yeah. map so was they, Lighthouse and... But, like, you also have to consider the two teams rolled out with we need the point first comps. The sim comp, obviously, getting it for London plus the dark arts, um, (laughs) however you may interpret them. But it felt to me that uh, um, Sugar Free really committed to the Echo far longer than he needed to. Um, mm. And that delayed the Titans from eventually investing every alt they had to get Boston off, or Boston, sorry, London off the point. <laughs> um, only to have, you know, London just make a couple adjustments and take it back. Yeah, it, it looked a little bit uh, scary there. Um, you, you with, with that composition, like I said, it's really hard to, to take that space. Away from um, you know Hadi and his Ryan shenanigans, I think he booped off. He, he went off the map with with Punk at the end. There mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, lie. the full the full shift and we yeah. both, both die because I mean with Punk on Winston, that's really the only way to do it. Because if you were to go and disengage, yeah, can jump guess back. what Monkey's doing as you continue yeah. your flight. So I mean, it's kind of even more of a of a Chad move. Like even if it. It didn't have it on on cooldown. The fact that you just commit and just it doesn't matter. I'm coming uh, down with you off the map. It's kind of <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, and and well, uh, it was tight. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, I I I thought they were gonna lose the map. To be honest, it, it looked like well, it there was way, no yeah. way uh, for them to to they they literally you know grab that dub out of the jaws of defeat. A lot of resilience on that map. Yeah, uh, there was an OT stall. I think London had ninety nine when Vancouver had about like fifty, sixty. I don't London, remember. London took it to ninety eight, and and before uh, Vancouver flipped it, and then it was ninety nine, ninety nine at one point. Hmm. But but it looked like oh, I just gotta say on this map, like and and the subsequent maps, of course, Crimzo was a menace. All of his nades were just on point. The guy just played out of his mind mm-hmm. <laughs> they say a lot of the times on that uh you know on that game oh best uh anna uh, best western anna and, and definitely that that map or that game was a really good you know evidence of that he played out of his mind i think i think uh sugar free got the player of the match but i i think well as usual players support players get get robbed <laughs> and i already spoke about this uh before i think a, a show ago that in my opinion like it's your supporters who will mm-hmm. carry the team to victory at the end. 
Yeah. Speaking of stalls, I mean, there was a moment on well where, um, the Titans had to manufacture a, a, a stall just to c- continue to keep overtime in play. Um, that, I mean, the historical Titans in the modern sense, so post reckoning has never had the ability to do, mm-hmm. um, like it, it, it came across as coordinated. It came across as cohesive as opposed to desperate. Like in the past, we would see these, you know, throw yourself into the mess and prolong the inevitable. Yeah, you're basically just drawing it out at that point, feeding kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And yet here on well, um, you know, I think it was, was that the, you had said, was it 98 to. It was 98 before they flipped it. It was like 98, yeah. or something. And then it just climbs from there. Yeah, no. So what, yeah, what, I, what had happened is, uh, London had actually flipped it back. It was 99.9 and you had, um, uh, faith doing the loop, trying to mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. Then you had punk come in, um, near the end, no alts to, to, you know, speak from and between faith and punk jumping and back and forth, it just allowed this prolonged OT. Cause at this point, if the Vancouver Titans lose, well, they lost the map. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Like, the Titans were in a position that they needed this win to get to ruins. Um, and I, you know, again, looking at the old Titans, even last year's roster, um, even with sort of deep as head coach, I don't think they execute the, the stall and then the eventual take back and, and win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have some sort of almost a, a veteran resilience mm-hmm. where they don't panic and they almost always execute and do the right play despite the match being like in, in total chaos and, and uh, uh, overtime galore. They clutch it out and then they've done so plenty of times already um, this year. So it's it's a good sign. That's probably why they are 3-3 three and three despite playing a lot of, you know, top tier teams. Yeah, jumping jumping ahead a little bit here in, in Ilios even. On round three, it's, it's very much the same story. London is seemingly in control looks like they have about 82 84 before vancouver flips it and it's like i mean i think you guys hit the nail on the head it's this resilience that we haven't seen from the titans in the past where Mm -hmm. even though it looks like they're down they're not giving up but they're not just doing that in a fashion where they're just throwing or they're just diving or they're just feeding they're actually coordinated they're actually stalling it out and ultimately that's what wins them this map the uh, I'm trying to think if it was Ilios against uh, London where we saw it, but I mean we have had moments as well where Vancouver will come into a fight. They will invest alt economy to take a point. Realize that okay, we need to be smart here and win the next fight because we don't have alts. And in the past, Vancouver would play, you'd have someone who played too aggressive or alternatively they played too, too passive. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't sort of that balanced approach where if we see the opportunity, we all converge and, and take it. This version does. And when mm-hmm. on the, you talked about sort of this veteran presence, you know, it's important to recognize last year's roster had a veteran presence. The roster prior to that had a veteran <laughs> presence, but the cohesiveness of bringing it all together. I think that's where credit to, to Ascot and, and Baroy really needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. They have done what I think previous iterations of this, this Titans team have quote unquote tried to do. Um, 
you know, moving on from Ilios, if we get into to Blizzard World, Blizzard World was where it just shifted directions. It's like the the wind decided to go the opposite way. And in fairness to London, uh, the meta does not allow for them to embrace their strengths any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I will admit it did look like London was quote unquote trying. I'm not suggesting they were throwing here, but it was really Vancouver Titans mistakes that allowed for the uh, point to even be capped initially. Very early too. Right. To allow for, for London to, to then start the, the push mode and have, if those mistakes don't happen, I personally see this as a full hold. I mean, it's, it's no different than Junkertown against, um, was it LA where they got the, the back cap? <laughs> yeah. Say? I, I might have been. But you, you know what like I mean? Where like, or whatever. Yeah, oh, where yeah. it's 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 complete cap. Vancouver Titan like brain fart. Oh, LA, LA Valiant. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Sorry. It's it's also a matter of who you play. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, well, not a little bit, but we'll talk later about their second match. And, and at some point, there are teams you cannot afford to do these mistakes, and they will cost you dearly against London here. Not not really, um, yeah. despite the fact that they had over five minutes to push the payload. Um, Titans were never looked like they're uh, about to lose this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also... Uh, in, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's... I was I was just gonna say also I mean Chris you were talking about veteran presence and oh well and so are you Alex the the only we gotta remember the only rookie they have is is sugar free right like all I wouldn't say Ooh. Aspire is a veteran he doesn't have as yeah, many no. seasons as you know Punk or or Faith or Crimson but yeah. this team is mostly veterans honestly um, or yeah. close to it right. And and despite like being a, a rookie like uh, Sugar Free, who is like seven year old, seven year old yeah. now, he's been playing for nine exactly. years already exactly. in uh, semi pro level. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's a good point. They they just look, it's, look good. It, it's easy to not consider this team a team of veterans. I feel like which which is odd because mm. most of them are right. Yeah, the. You know, I think the broadcast brought it up, um, you know, speaking of, of Sugar Free specifically being the rookie, was that you could tell when he, in the first couple of matches, there was sort of this wild abandon, mm-hmm. like I'm going to go and I'm going to place the, the team on my shoulders and I'm going to do the full carry. But now his play style is much more controlled mm-hmm. and composed. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity starts, you know, presents itself for him to strike, he strikes and strikes hard. Um, So, you know, we're starting to see that evolution as well as this, you know, five man roster working like a, Mm -hmm. a well-oiled machine. Um, The, you know, thing that actually I wanted to talk about here is we see this on Blizzard world quite often where you get the, the widow trying to get the, either the headshot um, or, you know, quick, quick out the gate, the Vancouver Titans expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual um, problem is it gave lethal who came into the match a, here you go with a 10% uh, freebie out of the door. He didn't get the pick, which obviously would be a big problem, but I think the Titans and teams need to be more 
understanding of how when your widow then switches over to in this case it was tracer that's a lot of damage output that comes in the form of an alt that you're giving away for free Mm -hmm. like i don't understand why you know you wouldn't have had uh you know punk up there just keep trying to matrix it yeah right i mean because again they had they came out with the the devon defense whereas uh, hottie came out with the uh throw matcha but i I know it's talking about what a a small percentage but that in a competitive sense is a big uh, advantage to come out of the door with i also want to comment on the titans their their uh very cute strategy of of putting the pedal up and uh you know, hoisting Aspire out of the... With the Mercy. Fun. I think it was a pedal and Mercy, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the boost. Yeah. Very, very smart idea. He he does uh, get a body shot, but not enough to take someone out. And that, just before... Uh, you go ahead. I was going to say, but that's... I mean, that's the point I'm raising is that I think teams... Like, they know this is happening. And now I don't think teams are necessarily expecting to get the pick. They're really appreciating the the free alt gen because with the when you switch a hero in the past you'd lose it so it mattered nothing whereas now there is that retention yeah, yeah. another thing that we we can talk about like looking at map, uh, at their attack is the fact that Vancouver maybe not being like a top tier like top echelon team but they are also very flexible we see like lots of heroes being played well we see uh, uh crimson pulling out the zen here so they can they can have a lot of looks, uh, as opposed to like the team mm-hmm. London. <laughs> we'll see that on Junker uh, Town. So that's another thing that goes well for them, I think. Yeah, the um, yeah, the Zen on attack. I mean, it's not something we've seen a whole lot of uh, within the West. Uh, but the the reason the Titans do that is they know that that Zen's got sort of free reign. Mm-hmm. Um, London doesn't have the dive capability that yes. that other top tier teams have and that you know in drastic improvement in damage output with the zen on the back line yeah, the discord um, melts tanks and things like that so. yeah i mean we did see that adjustment occur once the, the payload uh, phase was engaged because now you don't have the the free reign as you once did trying to take the point but but that speaks to your uh point the Titans have this flexibility that we're not accustomed to seeing. Right. In fact, wasn't it one point faith on the Anna? Am I thinking correctly? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they started. Yeah. That was, yeah. When Crimson was Crimson on, Zen, yeah. went on, on, yeah, then later went on the Kiriko and faith played really well on, on uh, Anna. And it's funny because uh, before that, I noticed like a notification from Titans court that faith uh, went live on Twitch and I did not really watch this. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, streams that often. So he played the Ana. So I'm like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting look. Of course, it was amazing, but you know, it's it's uh, ranked. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and and uh, Sugarfree was on his team playing the Diva. So <laughs> it doesn't really mean much, but it was uh, neat to see it during the match. And like, oh, I actually know that he he's really good on that character. So, yeah. but you know, just on the no swapping, like looking at Aspire, just as London is trying to. To cap that last point, Aspire just takes the hands away, pops his widow out, mm-hmm. click, click. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just makes quick. And hey, look, that. yeah, that that fight's uh, completely gone a different direction. Like I, 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 he's not the only one that does this. We see this from other teams, but I get that the Hanzo breaks down those shields a whole lot quicker than a widow does, but Aspire's widow is just Ooh. something to to stand in awe of. 
it's that's uh, quite uh, you know the aspire nasty face thing <laughs> uh, is a really fitting expression to describe it. So Titans now up two zero going into Junker Queen or Junker Queen <laughs> Junker Town. <laughs> Maybe so, they should have played a Junker Queen like London. I mean, um, <laughs> the uh, we've seen you know the the Spitfire try to bring out some more of the the dark arts. But they've given up at this point. Titans are onto their their uh, their game, and the the hold the first point hold that the Vancouver Titans had um, was just you know as dominant as it might come, and then things break, and the Titans just regroup. We're like, okay, get it through the doors, and that was that. Like again, this has to do with the fact that London was trying their darndest to to play Ryan into Diva uh, anytime. Uh, Hottie left the back line. The back line had Aspire, Sugar Free, and Punk with the the dive. Um, Faith booping uh, Hottie away as as she ran. Like on attack at one point, um, wasn't I want to say Faith got nanoed during his ult and proceeded to uh, out hammer. A Reinhardt. Oh yeah, the the nano rig is a scary thing right now. <laughs> Again, I could be misremembering here, but like it, it on that attack phase, the faith just went full tank mode. Yeah, they they couldn't do much. Yeah, I'm, I'm just watching it right now, and and they're just going behind the tracer and, and the sombra. Oh, it feels also very nice to have a proper sombra tracer combo. Uh, and- well. The- Notice how it's sugar-free on Sombra, because we've mm-hmm. seen the Sombra where it's been Aspire, and I much prefer... See, I mean, again, I know we're taking sugar-free uh, and his Tracer out of play here, but I feel that Aspire is more comfortable on the on the Tracer in this role. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm just watching it back here as well, and Vancouver looks good. Like, they're, the coordination, particularly between Faith Crimson and uh, Punk on this on this first opening stretch kind of thing as soon as uh the the payload even gets close to that initial kind of curve there like the three of them together are just so coordinated um you know anytime faith and crimson are in trouble they've got each other's back and if it's not something they can handle punk on the diva just flies back in and, and ends it like it's it's impressive honestly well, how much is that to do with Punk in his, you know, role as an off tank? Like in yeah. in the six v six. Yeah, world, that's a good point. Yeah, that's what Punk, Punk Punk's responsibility was is to mm-hmm. to come support support. So I feel that that's just a a, a comfort area. Yeah, uh, but he's also evolved to now be able to almost wear those two hats. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can. We've we see like Hottie for instance, big fan. He's Reinhardt Stan. I'm Reinhardt Stan. But he doesn't have the the toolkit that Punk possesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get Punk in a hottie one v one with Reinhardt involved, I hate to say it, I give it a hottie. But sure. But I'd much rather have a Punk on my team. Not yeah. trying to disrespect. It's just Punk provides me more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at the collection of tanks that he can play better on average, yeah. you'll you'll take Punk any day. Yeah. And in the new patch, Punker Queen. For sure. So Vancouver Titans, I mean, I don't think there's much more to be said here, but they get themselves a three overwatch. What was 
predicted to happen and what they needed to make happen. But again, allowed for them to get themselves in good position going into yeah. this, this final weekend. Last thing really is when you look at a team like the Titans, who a lot of people, including us, were having a hard time of placing them. If you want to be that, you know, gatekeeper team and, and being the first of the good teams, you may not beat at Atlanta Rain, but uh, you need to know, can you beat a London Spitfire? Can you beat a Washington Wizards? Uh, Wizards. <laughs> Too much basketball. I hope they could Washington, beat the Wizards. Uh, uh, Is Jordan playing for them? Oh, <laughs> he's not anymore. No, no. He's currently owning a different team. <laughs> okay. But my point is, uh, yeah, it's it's great to see them beat a team that was, you know, is not a valiant or or an eternal, um, and and beat them convincingly. Uh, I know there was the Boston match too, but those are that's another weird team that you cannot really accurately, you know, gauge. So good win, mm-hmm. yeah. You're right. I, it is definitely a good win. I think the expectation was the Titans would win. But you're right there. If you want to be a gatekeeper, you got to be able to slam the gate on some teams. Mm-hmm. Slam they they did. Oh, <laughs> there was a couple of times that were really cute when they uh, the backbone put uh, Crimzo, he put him on the wall, and Crimzo was just like you know, you know his face never changes, like cold blooded. He's like ah, thank you for the the you know the high ground. He proceeds on demolishing everyone from from the top, which was really funny. Twice he did that. Yeah. Hey, every every team's got one of those maze. They seem to be on my team anytime I'm playing the <laughs> game. Um, Toronto Defiant uh, got an opportunity to take on the Los Angeles Valiant. And for a team that's in a funk, the Valiant are definitely a good prescription to be prescribed. When this match started, and I mean, just to give you an idea, first of all, the Defiant got the job done. They won 3-0. But to give you a synopsis of how the Defiant season is going, the Toronto Defiant come out on Control Tower. They get the first pick. Arguably, they have won the fight. They should get the point cap. And Ultraviolet's out here running side quests to get an epic mount or something, gets completely out of sorts, goes out on like the balcony, that side balcony on get a the, L- charm. the LAV sp- sp- you know, spawn and LAV is like, Oh, thank you. Delete. And now Toronto's like, well, that's a reset. So LAV having lost the initial fight and having retreated themselves, they're like, Oh, we'll take the point. Thank you. Like it did look very, I don't know. I don't want to say apparent that Toronto had an oopsie. But it seems to me to be that that's how Toronto's season has gone so far. A lot of oopsies that they can't in turn recover from. Thankfully for them, they did. Um, And, you know, if we go into uh, market, I mean, Kaluj was putting on a a Reinhardt show um, Mm -hmm. that Crowley just had seats to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it goes back to what we said before about some teams you can afford these mistakes mistakes against. Um, yeah, first map was a little tight, too too tight than to be comfortable with. But yeah, as as the the game proceeded, they seemed to be more relaxed and like mm-hmm. you know they they might have felt this panic like oh no, is it this gonna be like another doomer uh, thing for us or yeah? Because we we talked about the fact that they should beat them, but if it went like three two, that's that's a terrible sign. Mm-hmm. 
for for Toronto, but yeah. but it didn't go this way at all. Yeah, and so. it it was really control tower. Like that was the only map where it felt like Toronto was mm-hmm. having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, LAV had alt economy. They had the means to recap the point and make it interesting. Uh, Toronto, to their credit, held their own. Um, you know, really big play from Kaluj on point, and he out tank Crawley, which was you know definitive gets the defiant the the win and then when we look at market i mean again yeah crowley was attending the Kaluj show uh but it wasn't just Kaluj. i mean hydron was up to his old tricks speedily was looking comfortable ultraviolet had apparently gotten his uh uh epic uh mount and uh, proceeded to play a much more you know traditional style of overwatch uh and og was fine like the the defiant looked as if they were um, playing the style of game that we've expected from them all along. Li Zhang was a clean take. Um, and then Hollywood was where the Defiant decided to outclass the competition. But again, with a little mistake at the start, giving away like the point, uh, almost, almost like in the game we saw before where we discussed, you know, London taking a point from Vancouver. But once you get to the high ground phase, they they really held their own. Nothing really threatened them in any way. I felt like you know the the, the high uh, like their biggest threat, uh, Valiant's uh, threat, of course, is is Seeker, our own uh, you know Canadian uh, pro. His Hanzo is probably the only tangible threat uh, to the Defiance. So once you go out of this phase and you're on the high ground, I play a lot of Hanzo, and it's it's a pain. In the butt to to shoot up, you know, from from below up upwards. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like where it felt like it was no not a contest anymore. Yeah. Hey, um, there was a speaking of an oopsie moment. <laughs> uh, there, were, I swear, at one point, Hydron was like busy typing into chat or looking at his phone <laughs> on all in Hollywood. Like if you if you rewatch, <gasps> it, he's oh, looking man. away and and he's Hans, typing he's, a lot. He's just like his, you know, Hans, he, the ca- camera's on him and he, his character is just standing in the open. Like to anyone else, Man. that's an insta kill. It just happened to be, I think he had dropped yeah. Seeker moments prior to. <laughs> but that's again, that's sort of how things seem to, to go for, for the Defiant is even with the OCs, which other teams take advantage of. Yeah, you know, he, he reminds really me of myself, it. but but in the worst way possible. When I play Overwatch, when like I might have like a terrible game, I get one good pick. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah. In trash talking. Meanwhile, in chat. yeah, you start trash talking and getting you know spine camp. <laughs> yeah, but boy, I I owned you with that nice shot. Oh Consider yeah, yourself owned. Worth. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, looking at the the defiant in in LAV. I mean, we we spoke so much about the Titans against London, but I think it's fair to say London and LAV are are two different teams. Like the defiant needed to win, they won. Whereas yeah. like the Vancouver Titans were expected to win and they did. But you know, I, I have this sort of on the match going right now, and at no point in time, outside of that first control tower map, was I was I worried. Oh yeah, London is a tier above Valiant for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'm I'm genuinely trying to you know find things to to talk about here. That you know, my notes were very brief. Uh, I actually wrote down clean, very clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than the first map for, and, for maps two and three. Yeah. Other than the first map in this Toronto match, it was uh, seems 
relatively one-sided, which is exactly what we hoped for. Yeah. I mean, it, like, yeah, as I say, I just have it on right now. You've got the Toronto Defiant essentially owning that overpass or bridge or, you know, catwalk, whatever you want to call it in the first point, the high ground. Uh, you have LAV frantically trying everything in their, their dog to, to take it away, even going on to, to Diva to, to effectively dive. And meanwhile, Kalusha's just down there one handing Ramatra. Yeah. Um, and, and responding. And anytime Cry tried the dive, there was an opportunity for Cluj to go in and, you know, smack around uh, everyone else. Like it just, Los Angeles tried different looks, could get no joy. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why why they're like going into this match where it's 0 and 6. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It'll take a while for them to, you know, get a, get a dub. The, um, yeah, like, you know, the Toronto attack, I mean, they just essentially took the point away. LAV went with a really interesting strategy where you split your team up on two opposing sides without a full sight line of the front point of the capture area. Um, not exactly sure the, the thought there. I mean, they pumped Kaluj full of resources and just go kill monkey, <laughs> <laughs> go and well, jump on top of people. Yeah, well, I mean, Kaluj got his ult while they were, were taking that first point and it almost felt like they just wanted to go and get all the kills first, as opposed to more efficiently just capturing it and getting into escort phase. Mm-hmm. Well, you get a little bit of a hunt uh, of Genji as well, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. Even though it wasn't Sam, I think speedily was on, on the Genji here. Yeah. And then uh, Rialto. I am. Rialto was more of the same. You know, you had Hydron get up top with high ground, um, challenge Seeker. Seeker, to his credit, tried. <laughs> and unfortunately, Seeker alone, his backpack just ain't that big. I mean, he's got a big backpack, it's just not big enough. <laughs> but yeah, like Hy- Hydron at one point had the flank he had the high ground it was like he was bored like hey i want to get some kills guys let them let them have a chance so i can click them in the head it's it's a good uh yeah they had to win this match convincingly and they did i, I don't know if maybe maybe it hurt them uh, against um you know in preparation for Boston? the uprising later or maybe not i don't know that's that's the result that they wanted to see um so it's good for them to like get a dub they had a, a rough patch going in. Yeah, Paris and uh, LA, uh, two teams that are the prescription to uh, the fever. Others have London. <laughs> London's starting to join them too. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think you know, as we had said, there is a tier difference. Like, yeah, London yeah. might be joining them, but London is sort of. Yeah. They're on the. They're at the gate. Mm-hmm. They're just not finding a way to get in. Um, mm-hmm. LAV and, and uh, I said Paris. Um, Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. Vegas. Uh, they didn't get invited. Yeah, yeah. Who did New York beat other than, was it Eternal and Valiant? I, I think or so, yeah. did they beat? Okay. I, I'd have to go and look specifically, but I, I mean, that would make more sense to me. Um, New- that said, Etern- uh, Eternal, sorry, New York has... Had some success against teams you wouldn't think they'd get success against. So, not necessarily a dub, but still the type of match where I, ah, that's interesting. Yeah, New, um, New York, v- Vegas, and Valiant. That's it. Yeah. 
So and the defiant beat basically only the same team. and <laughs> no. they beat NYXL oh, and yeah. the Valiant, right? Yeah. So getting into the next two matches, this is where both teams find themselves getting them a loss. Uh, both teams lost 3-1. Uh, the first loss was Toronto taking on Boston. This one was interesting. Uh, the entire desk was like, Defiant are winning yeah. this. To varying degrees. It's kind of like how we were chatting on the show where we were like, right. okay, this is, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Heart says one thing, mine says another. Uh, Johnny's like, no, no, that... Don't be discount Boston like that. And I hmm. kind of wonder if the uprising don't get three overwatched by the Titans. Do huh. the defiant get as much love from the desk? Yeah, probably not They'll get more love. Than the desk, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, Boston, Boston was arguably the safer pick. No, Boston was, I want to say far and away the safer pick. I think everyone wants yeah. to believe in this Toronto team. Everyone wants to see them do well and is trying to figure out where exactly they land in, in you know, terms of their own rankings, <laughs> right? Um, they've already shown that they're not necessarily as high as many people thought, myself included. But I think, yeah. uh, I mean, again, I mean, I put Boston, you know, middle of the pack in my power rankings because I really thought they weren't going to be able to bring it together. Um, but they're... Overall, they're technically in fourth, right? They have five wins and one loss. Toronto has two wins and four losses. Yeah. And their two wins yeah. are against relatively weak teams. And one of those was a pretty tough match to win, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if if Boston beats Vancouver in that match, that's their only loss this season. <laughs> they're five and one. <laughs> that is their only loss. They'd be sitting six and oh, just like the Atlanta Reign. And everyone would be yeah. thinking very different of them aside from the rumors and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a I good mean, point you bring up. I don't know what, what it is about. Like, of course, we are also... I'm sorry, there's, I think, like a million of <laughs> fire engines of police uh, cars outside. But um, I, I started believing too. And, and unfortunately, I had this game like going 3-2 for the, the Boston uh, uprising. And then I... Kind of remembered the match of how how poorly they played against you know Vancouver, and uh, I flipped it. And mm. unfortunately, I I flipped it for for Toronto. Man, I, I was so upset. Fool me, yeah. fool me once, you know. <laughs> shame on you, fool me twice. Shame mm. on me. The so in in complete transparency, I got to see the first map. Um, we had plans on Saturday and. As a result, I had to, to leave. Um, what's interesting here is that the Toronto Defiant come out on control and they look like they're they're ready to fight. Yeah. Like this looks like a more confident Toronto team than what we have been seeing as late. Um, yeah, you know Boston takes the point initially, but then Toronto yeah. doesn't do anything silly. They don't get panicked, mm-hmm. uh, and then they proceed to play this game of where's Twilight? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's kill him. Like full on, Sam's in his face. Uh, Hydron's, you know, watching corners. Uh, Kaluge is out there mixing it up, and I found it interesting that once Toronto took that point after they had, you know, Boston had taken initially, Boston stuck to the the Winston dive yeah. and could not compete with the brawl that you get from a a, a Junker or not? Yeah, yeah. Junker Queen. So, so now I'm all confused because of the map. <laughs> but we didn't see any adjustments from Boston to accommodate for that. Like anytime they needed to take the fight to the point, 
Junker Queen's cleave was just cutting through. Um, the uh, uh, mitigating effect made it much more difficult to support. Uh, Twilight in in this map alone had often two defiant players mm-hmm. uh, coming to say hello. Yeah, Toronto is playing some weird off meta comps here too, or like slightly off meta. Right, they've got a Junker Queen in. You know, Kiriko is usually pretty safe. Uh, Lucio, debatable, kind of situational. But the DPS is kind of confusing here, right? Hydron's on Sojourn for a while. Sam is playing Genji almost the whole time, which Genji, again, I think a little bit more situational of a pick. Um, And to be fair, it worked. Uh, Hydron switches to Sombra, which is more in meta, but at the same time partnered with a Genji. Just... Well, weird. I, I honestly think that thing. was to counter Twilight. It worked oh, for one sure. map. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like you, you consider what Get they identified face. as their win condition. Yeah. Remove Twilight from the conversation. Right. Um, and I, I honestly, I think if you have, let's say, Twilight on the the Lucio and Lee Jagan and, and the Anna, Lee Jagan is the one who they identify. But they were right. they were looking to pull the Anna out of the equation. Right. And did so very effectively mm-hmm. in that first map. Mm-hmm. And, and besides, you can't dive Lee Jagon when he's in the front line all, at all times. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's, he's pure on Reddit Lucio out there. <laughs> but it's also something weird, a pattern that we're seeing in a lot of these three ones. Um, that first map, King of the Hill, is almost never an indicative you know, map for some reason. Yeah. It's so different than the rest of them. Um, well, he, not just the metas or the maps. It, it's it's such a momentum shift as well when you go um, away from it. Well, you think about it, like the closest that you would get with the the control would be push. You have a central ish location sure. you're going to fight around with push. It's a mobile yeah. central point, mm-hmm. but with push you have these phenomenal sight lines that mm-hmm. do not exist in most control. Um, Antarctica, I believe, gives you a couple, but like here, for instance. If you have a, a Sojourn, a Widow, a Hanzo, you have the ability to use the environment to remove many of those sight lines away. Sure. That, that in push, you just don't have, like, how many times have you seen a Coliseo where you, you know that you have to peek, mm-hmm. but you really don't want to? Yeah, you're just hiding behind the bot or the little wall. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, here's these, you know, thin pillars that I have to go and yeah. position behind and hope that I haven't got the sight line, uh, um, in my, in my way. But then here, you know, I can go and I can loop around. I can use the environment to, to pivot even more effectively. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's why we see these, these differences to your point, honey. Yeah. Um, when we get over to the, the second map, um, we we start to see some adjustments from from Boston. You've got decay on the the echo, um, and the Li Jiang uh, mercy, which we've seen as a, a combination, uh, not necessarily with those two, but uh, with other teams. And then you have the tracer and uh, sombra, as opposed to the Genji uh, mm-hmm. Sojourn Genji sombra. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what happens? Toronto goes and drops some support. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it for Boston. Unlike, you know, most teams, Boston's like, yeah, let's make this a, uh, a fight. Mm -hmm. 
And I kind of wonder if maybe there was some boom effect there, but to Toronto's credit, they took advantage. Mm -hmm. Every time Boston made a mistake, Toronto would collapse. I mean, uh, they also had a really hard time with Hydron's tracer here. Like he gets, he gets, I think at at least I know it pops up on his screen at one point. says 10 kill streak. Like that's, that's not something you can let a tracer get away with. I don't think he Mm -hmm. dies. Uh, you know, I think he probably winds up with, you know, 12, 13 kill streak before the match ends. Right. And Toronto takes it. Um, and like, that's, that's again at this level and against a team with Boston's, uh, you know, track record, like the, the players that they have. Yep. If I were Boston, I would be feeling pretty bad about that. That's not something you can let uh, a team get away with. Um, and spoilers for what's upcoming, they don't, right? It doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, like we see this in, in this map, like Hydron goes in. He doesn't actually even plant the stick. Yeah. But he puts it in such a position that Twilight is done. There's no way Twilight's going to get away. Mm-hmm. And I think in panic, Lee Jagong doesn't know where that he thinks twilight's stuck. So he proceeds to go and position his shield, yeah. uh, yeah. that in a way that allows for him to get, uh, taken out by the explosion. Like this is what happens with good teams. Good teams can maybe not execute at, at that sort of hundred percent level, mm. but still get the benefit of the impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So explain to me. Kings row. Yeah. What happens here? Because you have a Toronto defiant team on Nepal, granted control to Alex's point earlier, suddenly like forget how to play the game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm watching it back right now and Sam's positioning feels very weird to me. Um, It's not a place that I think we typically see Hanzo and it's not a place that we typically see him stay uh, to start things off. He's, He's on top of that uh, hotel entrance kind of thing as Toronto's attacking. Um, well, and I, I should you know walk this back. Like Toronto takes the point, yeah, efficiently. But that's it. Yeah, and and I was gonna say it works out for some odd reason. Like they they do end up capping that, and I think they've got about five minutes to to push uh, or to move the payload. Um, but I see a lot of. Um, Diffing happening on the brig front. Like yeah. Lijigon was playing out of his mind in this map. Uh, we also see Birdring and Decay mm-hmm. with a map like King's Row where you can really explore move, yeah. <laughs> quotations, move about and, and mark all the time. And, and you can see them use pink all the time. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, it feels like King's Row is a big map advantage, you know, fish, fish, <laughs> fish aquarium, and they're rotating around it. And uh, and Toronto is the the proverbial fish in a barrel, and they couldn't really yeah. get a handle of it. And it felt like Coluge was more erratic, and OG couldn't really get things done. And it came down to execution, um, and not only execution, but like some somewhat of a more constructed positioning. Yeah. Well, for some reason, I mean, you you watch while Toronto is on attack, the moment. Twilight is given the opportunity to get into the comfort zone. He's getting absolutely no pressure. There's no harassment. Um, He's just pumping the heels out. Um, Then you look at the dive. So where Kaluge, for some reason or other, either couldn't find Nana or didn't feel uh, confident in leaving his support line, provides zero pressure. You've got 
Smurf introducing Winston at an intimate level mm-hmm. to both, you know, uh, OG and Ultraviolet's Brig and Anna, respectively. Yeah. I mean, I like it, it, it just, I, again, would you like some peanut butter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me do stuff with this. Um, it, it, it's interesting because, again, what would he, did we see as being the point of success on uh, on Control? Eh, eliminate Twilight. Mm-hmm. Eliminate Lee Jae-Gong. Like, dive support. Dive, dive, dive. And here they're playing dive. And Yeah, I mean, Alex really hit it there. Like, there's a lot of diffing going on here. And Smurf's, Smurf is a standout as well. Like, we know Smurf's uh, Winston is, is, you know, top tier. But like you say, playing the map, taking those corridors to get to the team, um, it really feels like Boston knew what they were doing to a much larger extent than Toronto. Or for whatever reason, Toronto just wasn't, yeah, wasn't playing outside of that barrel. And because of that, mm-hmm. Boston was really, you know, everywhere, honestly. You know, if, if Smurf is coming at you from the front, Decay is coming at you from the left, Bird Ring's coming at you from the right, and somebody goes down, and then, you know, it's like dominoes after that. Um, Smurf is all over the place. Kaluge is very central. Like, he couldn't, like you say, Chris, he couldn't decide, do I protect my backline? Do I jump out and go for a pick? Do I push forward with my DPS? Like, it's almost like some yeah. some sort of decision paralysis or something. And whenever he took a decision, it was they the wrong came one. at the, the, yeah, the yeah, wrong one. Exactly. Yeah, there was a, yeah, a moment it. here where he decides, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to capitalize Twilight's alone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dive in. What happens? He gets potted. Yeah. He gets slept. Oh, and, and guess what happens? The cal- cavalry just arrived. Yeah. Whereas for Toronto, um, you know, far too often you would see no cavalry. Mm-hmm. Or alternatively, like I think at one point OG pops his alt as a means to survive, keep him in, in ultraviolet to alive. Mm-hmm. They both still die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a much more. It's almost like Boston's strategy here, which you know they didn't employ on control. Their strategy here was let Toronto make the first move and take advantage of what's unprotected in them making that move. Mm -hmm. The, you know, other thing I think we should give Toronto credit for is when they were on defense, they, they held Boston as long as they could. Um, You know, it's kind of like how you think how they played out control, Mm -hmm. right? They played a methodical defense, but the moment it changed transitions into escort, it's like the tale of two different teams. Mm -hmm. They play very well when they're bulked and turtled, turtled up. But once, you know, you can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, they had like what? Uh, Toronto had like close to five minutes on escort yeah. and couldn't get that second point. Whereas, you know, I want to say Boston had like three, three and a half, three, maybe. Yeah. 345 or so. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, a definitive difference. But then once Boston started moving the payload, yeah. hey, you're, you know, Alex, you're right. Maybe the your ability to turtles long since gone and. Which is so interesting because you would think, you know, just looking at what we just saw, like, hey, guys, run it back the same way Boston did. Take advantage of the map. Take advantage of the corridors. Um, come at them from all sides. You know, Kaluge dives from the front. Decay, or sorry, um, speedily comes in from one of those uh, those back rooms. And Sam comes through 
uh, from the other back room or from behind as, as Hanzo. I mean, that'd probably be the yeah. opposite. Speedily would go around back and Sam would come from the side. They didn't play it like that. And Boston just continues to make it work. Yeah. But well, maybe it's like also a psychological issue where when you defend a point, you, you don't want to do that. And then mm-hmm. for Boston, for some reason, it felt natural to, to go and explore and, you know. I mean, it's, it's funny actually that I, that I just said Sam would go for the flank and speedily would go on the side. And then I corrected myself because at about 145, uh, Sam goes for the flank and manages to get a 3K with his dragon and then gets a pick as well. So that actually worked out. And I mean, watching this back right now, it actually doesn't look terrible. Like, Toronto's got them down. They've got one minute 20 left. And yeah, Boston's continuing to push, but that's a But pretty that's the thing, though. Boston's, conti- Boston's continuing to push. Yeah. Like, Toronto continued to stall. Yeah. Boston never really seems on, 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 on their back foot or anything like that. No, like, yeah. I mean, even when Toronto would, would get that win mm-hmm. and you would see the Boston reset, Boston would simply yep. compose themselves, yeah. come back out, get a little bit further. Yeah get a little bit further. Um, and that's in, you know, uh, like uh, speedily, you pointed out like, I'm like, there was a couple moments here where I felt speedily got a little anxious, mm. like, Oh, uh, I see the, uh, you know, opportunity to go and, and take out decay. Let me come out from my flank, reveal myself. Oh, I didn't get it. Recall. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now I have to reset. Got to wait for that cooldown to, um, you know, come back can't use your alt then eventually comes out whoops i revealed myself too early here let me throw my pulse bomb oh it didn't stick Mm -hmm. and whereas in the the map previous where we see the benefit of the the splash damage as being a thing when things aren't going your way suddenly that luck disappears Mm -hmm. i mean the funny well i don't know if i said this at the start but i didn't actually watch these matches too closely i was i was busy at the time watching it back now they take this right to the end. Toronto almost had this map, actually. It does come down to final fight in overtime with Boston pushing to, to get that win. And I think it comes down to Smurf gets a, a key kill there. I think it starts with Twilight gets a pick. Um, and then Smurf comes in. There's a bit more of a stall, uh, after or between those two. Um, but it gets, it gets damn close. Um, Toronto almost it does, had this but map. you know. Toronto had five minutes. But yes, Toronto absolutely should have made more progress than they did. Um, and because of that, Boston had the win condition and, you know, it wasn't necessarily the hardest win condition. No, and I I, I think, you know, Boston would still have a win condition. I don't necessarily yeah. think Toronto had it in them to get the Full. three points. Yeah. But that second point would have been massive. Yeah. You would have had the additional time on the clock. You would have had the additional, uh, you know, payload advance. And while one might suggest, well, yeah, then maybe they play the match differently and Boston gets that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But again, what you would see is a much different, uh, much different approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on attack, like at the end there, I also had to switch to Lucia just to get to the point quicker. And it didn't work uh, as well as having the brig to just, you know, contain mm-hmm. the crowd. Yeah. It was close, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, right. So after King's Row, we get ourselves Rialto. <laughs> <laughs> so Bird, Birds have small bladders. Yeah, well, you know. Bird poop. 
something about it's biology. <laughs> remember, remember, uh, Hydron said that. <laughs> bird poop and uh, how do you? Um, how did Papa Punk call him? The crumble, kid? crumble bum, crumble bum. Yeah, crumble bum. Bird poop and crumble bum. <laughs> oh man! So, um, <laughs> Rialto was a, a map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that I vaguely remember this. It was very much a role, was it not, for Boston? I think this is the Nobody, map where Twilight got his 5K, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it to Esperanza? Yeah. Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, when Anna gets a 5K. Yeah. yeah. That's not good. No, I mean, you know, with all due respect to Twilight, who is one of the best Annas in the mm-hmm. league. Ever. Like, there's no grav for Anna to toss a pot on to get a bunch of picks. Like, you know things are not going your way when that happens. Yeah. I didn't like their decision to go with on, on this defense. Maybe Hydron watched uh, Aspire and got, you know, like, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly couldn't. And and with Kalios uh, going in on, on the Diva, they, he, he was very effective in just being at multiple places at once, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. So... I think from right from the get go, they they just didn't have a, a proper strategy here. I don't know if it's the coach's decision to play what they played, and they were always on, on you know on on the ropes. It feels like going downhill. Yeah, um, and the, the the payload for Boston was going downhill. Yeah, Boston has a really good attack here. I mean, at one point they have four to five volts, and Toronto has none. Like, it's clear that. Well, Toronto Toronto did get a little success in that sort of um, choke the, in the second point, like when you're going around the corner, the overpass around the corner. Yeah. Um, Toronto was able to hold and burn a little clock there, but that was about the only resistance that they put up on their defense. Yeah. Um, how, how, you know, it's 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 funny. Like it's gotten so bad that Hydron's going in solo ulting Twilight. Yeah, I see, I see that. On, on Sombra and, and he doesn't, doesn't get, get any kill. joy. Like, we're at the exact same yeah. part in the feed, <laughs> watching the playback yeah. right now. But again, like, why? Why does that happen? Yeah. Right? I get. I, I'm. You might be saying, "Hey, Chris, you said killing highlights the key. It totally is. You don't solo alt with Sombra. No, to do that. If, if you can't get the kill without the alt, then don't go for it. Yeah, and there was no, there was no backup. It, yeah. it kind of gives me. Pause to consider: Was that a you needed accidental cue? You needed speedily on you as well, so that when one of you inevitably gets slept, the other takes care of Twilight, and yeah. and then you can continue on. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Let's talk about the more exciting match. <laughs> <laughs> what? It wasn't the next map, Esperanza. No, it was not. Yeah. Yeah, so Toronto Defiant, they lose 3-1. And again, as we'd sort of let off, chances are if Boston doesn't lose to the Titans, this might have been the expectation. Unfortunately for the Defiant, Boston has figured out what went wrong, and whatever that was, Mm. it got fixed. Uh, I remember they interviewed after the match, they interviewed, I think, Twilight, and they, it's it's funny. Like Boston, they they can't really catch a break. Like they just gotta win against a decent team, and uh, 
Danny, was it Danny? Yeah, Danny interviews him. And the first question is, what happened in the loss against Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, Vancouver was a was just a better team, and <laughs> that was the answer. Yeah, yeah. So well, they're now five and one, so yeah. they're they're not in too much trouble. I I think that's just what are you talking about. They're they're falling apart. Oh yeah, infighting. Yeah, they're boomed. Clearly. Yeah. So Los Angeles Gladiators, Vancouver Titans. Titans were hard pressed uh, against a, a considerable top tier team. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, you know, uh, Papa Punk would have you believe the Vancouver Titans were going into this one and they were going to uh, roll them over. Did not go that way, but the Vancouver Titans did make it interesting throughout. Mm-hmm. Like when we look at the three-one loss that the Toronto Defiant suffered, the Vancouver Titans made the Gladiators work for I'd say, well, they won Oasis. Mm-hmm. And they made the the gladiators work for two of the other three. Mm-hmm. In fact, I mean, you could say that the third one was was close. It's just that that's when you started to see the tier difference uh, sort of come yeah. to the surface. I, in the maps where, well, in the initial maps, we already alluded to the first uh, victory from the Titans, and later in in Blizz World, Titans were really playing them well on both sides. I think. Ultimately, it's those little mistakes that the Titans still uh, do. You cannot afford them against a team like, like the Glads, um, especially when they have the cheat code in the form of uh, Kefster on their on their side. It doesn't matter. Like you, you have a good fight, you get a pick. Oh, here comes Kefster. He gets a pick every time he gets an ult. Uh, it's a stick, and 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 he knows your, uh, you know, he knows your cooldown, so you you won't be you won't be able to get away. Um, other than that, they played pretty well. Uh, there was that uh, third map, I think. What was it? Uh, Havana. Havana was probably the worst map because I think, like at this map, we saw Kai come to life on the. Mm-hmm. His Sombra is not great, but when he played on the Hanzo and was hitting all shots, then you're kind of screwed because Kepster is still Kepster, and then you have Kai also doing lots and lots of damage. So that's where the difference was really apparent and. Yeah, the last map was was uh, pretty close to Vancouver. Actually, looked like they're gonna win it, but um, you know, push be darned, it, it's never over until it's over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, this this match. I mean, every, every match with LA, but this match really made me wonder. Although I know that it's typically Kai and Yaki that are swapping out. Let's just, for argument's sake, say Kevster's not on this team, and you have Yaki and Kai playing. Is oh. this team better than Vancouver? I don't know if they would be because Dante. I don't think Dante's so. really good, but I think Punk is showing that he can compete with. I would say, you know, air quotes with the best of them. I think Punk and Dante are are probably around the same level. I think you swap those two on either of these teams. You know, put Punk on the Gladiators, put Dante on Vancouver. I think you see comparable results to what both teams are getting now. Um, I honestly, I would, I would debatably take Vancouver's backline over Gladiators. Although Funny Astro is really good on on the Lucio, um, I've been really impressed with Crimson and Faith. I, I definitely, I know Baroy is one of the big proponents of those two, and and I think that's a big part of why he he brought them over here. Um, I was never that high on them. But seeing them this season, I, I've really been impressed. So, 
Yeah. I, I don't think either Kai or Yaki get to do as much if they don't have Ka- Kefster beside them being a menace. Yeah. So, but he is he on is, the gladiators, and unfortunately, yeah. Whenever we we talked about them in the pro am, oh, they're they're doomed. They're like another team that's Scrimbucks. obviously doomed. Just yeah. like. And it doesn't matter. Like as long as you have them, yeah. it's, it reminds me of of proper last season. It's like doesn't matter. We got this guy on our team, and he'll win us. You know how they have like good players, like uh, like even Sugar Free or Aspire. They'll win you yeah. fights like mm-hmm. once or twice, three times. This guy Kevster nine out of ten doing times. this all the time, <laughs> yeah. all the freaking time, and you're like, come on, yeah. man, just stop. Yeah. I want to report him in chat for like a aimbotting. Gameplay, gameplay sabotage for the uh, opposing team. <laughs> you know, to answer that question, you know, between Dante and Punk, mm-hmm. I would I would choose Punk over Dante. The one thing I think Dante does better than Punk is that main tank role. Yeah. Um, that again, I, and we haven't seen enough of it from Punk, but I kind of feel that Dante, if a main tank meta were to suddenly appear maybe then gets that advantage. But, you know, like to, to talk about Havana as, as a specific map, I mean, the Vancouver Titans did extremely well with that first point hold. Like we've seen most teams yeah. uh, do. Um, it really required, you know, um, overtime for the, the gladiators to actually get that first point. And again, who was it that uh, ultimately made that happen in winning a duel against Aspire? Mm-hmm. Hey, Kev Dog? No! Oh. Kai! Oh. <laughs> On the Hanzo, it was really oh, good. Yeah. yeah, and that was the thing, is that the that for Aspire, he needed to get picks to get his one shot. Kai, with the arrow, right. was able to do it with one. And, you know, if you're when you're watching this, that allowed for the Glads to recover, and then Kester goes and... Right becomes a menace. And I think that, you know, speaks to that trade-off. What Kester allows the others to do, yeah. the others can return the favor as needed. Um, you know, kind of like when we saw Dalton and Aspire, <laughs> you know, yeah. periodically or, um, you know, when anytime, yeah, anytime that the, the two um, DPS were allowed to have that freedom to play their styles, mm-hmm. it worked well. And I think Sugar Free can do that with Aspire. I think we've seen some value there. Sugar Free's May is it's actually very good. Yeah. But Sugar Free is also like improving from, from every yeah. uh, from week to week, which is really really nice to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. But yep, uh, Kefster is Kefster. It's unfortunate that in Blizzard World in the second map they were so close to to full capping, and yeah, they couldn't. And again, they still Vancouver like Sugar Free are improving. I think quickly, and it's nice to see them. Like you know, they they give they gave Gladiators a fight. So. Yeah. Well, and at, again, to our point earlier, if you're the Defiant having lost three one against the Boston Uprising, who are arguably a solid team, it feels more concerning than a Vancouver Titans team who lost three one to the Gladiators, mm-hmm. who are maybe based on records, not as good as Boston. But what you saw from the Titans gave you more confidence in what they can do than what you got from the Defiant. Mm-hmm. Because we also didn't see the Defiant beat a good team yet. It's true. Well, 
you're right, but I, I, I just feel that I'm not wanting to take anything away from the Titans beating Boston. They yep. beat a good team. Oh, yeah. I but agree. No, this, that's what I said. I think like, uh, but the both. situation as to which they beat Boston in is slightly different. Maybe, yeah. But regardless, uh, this weekend. Uh, so the teams themselves have both uh, some some tonic, uh, but also uh, some catch matches. So Toronto's going to get things underway on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. They're going to take on the London Spitfire. I am not confident enough in Toronto to tell you that they're going to roll London like Vancouver did. <sighs> but Toronto needs to win this game. And I feel they've shown they can if need be. Like, I, I feel that I would give this to Toronto 3-1 uncomfortably. Who did London beat is the question. London beat Vegas. That's the only team they've beaten. Okay. <laughs> and Toronto has only beaten what? V- Valiant and New York. New York. Hmm. No, this is if this isn't a, a must win for Toronto. Like, did you say this isn't or this is? <laughs> is yes. they they cannot lose to London. I would agree. Well, they they we, need we, two wins to have five hundred. Like that's yeah. yeah. That's a requirement. Three one. It's it's not going to be a 3-2 for you know, Toronto's going to win this. Is it going to be a 3-1 or a 3-0 is the question. And and I think yeah, if you're, you know, playing how they have played and based on their record so far, I think 3-1 is the safer pick. King of the Hill. That's <laughs> important. I'm going to put my faith in Toronto. I would give it to them 3-1 and this is the last time I'll do that. <laughs> if they don't get well, if they don't I've get given, this three one, then I'm done. I gave it to them as well. It's just it's not comfort. I don't feel comfortable in doing that. And that's what I'm saying is I agree with you. Yeah. I am choosing my heart over my head, and I am three three zeroing this match, but uh, not uh, comfortably. I'm doing three one. Next, you have the Vancouver Titans. Uh, well, not next, but later in the day, four thirty Pacific, uh, seven thirty Eastern. Vancouver's taking on Houston. Hmm. Um, I would be happy if the Vancouver Titans made this competitive like they did against the Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Sure. If the Titans lose 3-1, sucks. 3-1, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, I just difficult for me to look at Houston and see an opportunity for Vancouver to win. Yeah. That's tough. Houston, Houston is better than the Glads. Yeah. yeah, they are. But then, you know, for every person out there who then say, well, Vancouver beat the Boston Uprising. We're not better than the Glads. <laughs> so I, I th- I'm going to say 3-1 Houston. Me as well. Uh, Sunday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, the Toronto Defiant are going to take on the Paris. Or I put Paris. Vegas <laughs> Eternal. I count it, honest to goodness. The relocation you should take, you, uh, take your points away from, you know, you pickups <laughs> because of that. You should. Um, Toronto 3 0s. This, like, as much yes. as Eternal have every so often shown a glimpse here, this is 3 0 Toronto. This is the yeah. match that Toronto gets themselves to 500 with. Yeah. If. Yeah, Toronto better win that match against London, and <laughs> this one better be easy. They if must. they don't win the match against London, they it doesn't matter what they do with this next match. They may as well lose it because. Well, okay, 
if if they this is the thing how uh, the cutoff will work oh, it's like right now um like the titans are three and three but the spitfire would have to win both of their matchups to get to that point like mm-hmm. the spitfire are the only team that i think have a an opportunity they play glad and they're they're not beating the lads no or toronto <laughs> no right like yeah if if a miracle were to occur and they got the and winning Hadi learns to play uh monkey yeah. and and diva and well okay you know or la completely craps the bed like i i i think that's the scenario there i don't think toronto loses to london no as uncomfortable as that might no. make me yeah. um and you know eternal and valiant they're both done like there's just I don't think there's any window of opportunity for either of those teams to, or maybe, maybe the math is on their side, but no conceivable way. Um, the, uh, Dunk for Titans, they get to play uh, New York Excelsior, 4.30 in Pacific, uh, 7.30 Eastern. I'm giving this 3-1 to Vancouver only because Vancouver starts slow. And it seems that first control map is always a doozy for Vancouver. New York has shown glimpses Mm-hmm. This is a team that uh, I believe made the San Francisco shock sweat. Mm-hmm. And I want to give them credit for that. And Toronto as well. And Toronto too, sure. I'm debating 3-1, so, 3-2. You think, okay, for Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think okay. Vancouver will win it. Um, I think what we've seen of Vancouver's coordination dps line i mean talking about again punk and punk playing with crimson faith um i mean i can't even oh yeah that's right new york has a very random roster we got shockwave playing against uh which is always fun to see mm-hmm. um yeah i think new york has gotten their success off some individual player skill and air quotes, making it work. I think Vancouver is the more coordinated team with the skill in this, in this match. So okay. Vancouver wins it no matter, uh, you know, no matter what. But I also think when we have seen New York make it work, they've done it impressively, right? So that's why I'm kind of debating 3-1, three, 3-2. Three, I agree with both of you, and yet I have it as 3-0. Oh, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. The prophet, he speaks. I feel I'm I'm far from a prophet. I'm 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 that bad of a prophet that I couldn't even fill up the the brackets properly for the East region. So I'm <laughs> I'm completely out. But yeah, I, I think the Titans come off um, revitalized after uh, the Houston match. I think they have a good showing there. And it's is it the last one that they play before the? Yep. It will be. Yeah, I think it's a three zero. Okay. So, I mean, the way that has things trickle out, um, if the Toronto Defiant were to win and win dominantly, the Toronto Defiant would likely finish slightly ahead of the Vancouver Titans. Um, again, right now, it's a six-point spread uh, between map diff, but for the def- Titans, we have that as sort of like a 500 weekend, mm-hmm. so they're plus two, whereas Toronto, we have them winning and getting that six back. But the other things at play, you have the San Francisco Shock that are in the mix. They're playing, I think it was Florida and Glads. I just honestly don't know how the Shock win either of those matches the way they've been playing. 
Um, so that has them fall. They play Boston um, and Florida. Oh, Boston and Florida. Okay, even worse. Um, New York, I mean, they've – I think their reward is making the cutoff. Yeah. I don't think New York is – yeah, I think they're going to be bottom place in the cutoff. Right. And they're probably going to see two L's this week. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the bottom- what does that mean? Well, the London Spitfire, again, have to work a miracle. I think the bottom four teams right now are going to be our bottom four. Um, New York, London. Vancouver, San Fran, Toronto, New York? No. no, no. <laughs> oh, bottom four, including the cutoff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. New York, London, Vegas, Valiant. I think those four, I'd be shocked if they even switched places at all. I think 10 through 13 is basically set. It's more on the backs of what does Vancouver do this weekend, San Francisco, and Toronto. And I'll throw Washington into the mix there too. They're, they're a little inflated right now because of an easier schedule. Um, so I think Washington will drop a bit and then I think probably San Francisco will, will go up, but hopefully Toronto. Washington, Washington plays on YXL. Oh, and they're those to the glass for yeah. sure. Anyway, there you have it. We'll be back next week, obviously, to recap uh, that weekend for our two Canadian teams. And uh, as we have sort of suggested, worry not, both teams are going to make cutoff. We're going to take ourselves a short break before we start to uh, or decide to dive into the fray. Let's talk about the week that was. Uh, as we already knew, uh, the East was getting into brackets. The West, however, still had uh, play-ins or uh, matches to make cutoff. So uh, we'll start in the West. You had the Boston Uprising through overwatching the Las Vegas Eternal, the Vancouver Titans through overwatching the London Spitfire, and the Toronto Defiant through overwatch the LA Valiant. The Glads three overwatch the Eternal, the Outlaws three won the Shock, and the Boston Uprising beat the Toronto Defiant three one. The Glads beat the Titans three one. The Outlaws beat the Spitfire three one, and the Shock beat the Valiant three one. And if I can point out the number of people who are like Omega Lol when LAV went up one nil against the Shock, and they almost they almost went up. They almost went up too. It was. It was it was a decent match. Well, I mean, Seeker's backpack, yeah, got st- true, got stretched. Strap broke while he was uh, about to win that second <laughs> map. Yeah, um, out east in the knockouts, uh, in a knockouts East A, you had uh, Poker Face beat Dreamers three zero. You had the Soul Dynasty beat uh, Rhodes three zero. Uh, that then set up the Guangzhou Charge beating the Poker Face 3-1 and the Hangzhou Spark beating the Seoul Dynasty 3-1. Uh, going over to bracket B, O2 Blast beat Pantera 3-0. Uh, you had Simprisic Gaming beating the Shanghai Dragons 3-2. Your top team ain't so top. Uh, the Soul Infernal <laughs> got taken to the limit. They beat O2 Blast 3-2 and the Dallas Fuel beat Simprisa 3-1. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what does that uh, set up going into uh, our 
our weekend. Well, again, out in the West, we've got our, our normal, um, uh, weekend in front of us. You've got the London Spitfire getting things underway against the LA Gladiators on Friday afternoon, followed by the Eternal Rain, Justice Excelsior, and the Outlaws Mayhem. On Saturday, the Defiant, as we already know, take on the London Spitfire, followed by the Rain and Uprising, the Shock Mayhem, and wrapping up the day are the Titans Outlaws. And on Sunday, the Defiant get things underway against the Eternal, the Justice take on the Glads, the Shock take on the Uprising, and the Titans wrap up the weekend against the Excelsior. In the East, the brackets as we know them, uh, they get themselves underway on the uh, Saturday with the elimination round. Uh, you've got Dreamers and Dynasty. Uh, Rhodes. Did I get that right? Yep, that's right. Rhodes. Dreamers and Dynasty sorry. and then Rhodes and Poker Face. Yeah, Rhodes and Poker Face. Pop, sorry. Pop, pop, I was... Poker Face. Pop, pop, Poker Face. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just realizing I'm I'm using the Pickham site as I normally do, um, which is good right confusing now. Confusing with the brackets because I have picked teams that uh, may not have found their way through. So Dude, guess who I picked? Nobody. Yeah, well, there we go. Let me go to the spring knockouts. Here we go. Uh, and then uh, on the uh, East bracket B, where things got mixed up. Um, You've got uh, Panther versus Impreza and Dragons and uh, O2 Blast getting things underway. Uh, and on the winners, it's the Infernal Fuel. And on uh, East Bracket A, the winners is Spark and Charge. And then from there, trickle down effect. So, how'd Pickums go for y'all? Terribly. Terribly, terribly. Well, here. I did how not, about the uh, West? Okay. 20 points. Not, not amazing. 22 points. 31. What? Mm. Did you use Holy some of your double cashins? I used my double uh, on, <laughs> on the Glad's three overwatching the Eternal yep. and the Defiant three overwatching the Valiant. Man, how did you predict that? My <laughs> goodness. The only match I got wrong was thinking that the Toronto Defiant would beat the Uprising 3 2. Me, Me too. too. <laughs> I mean, God I, damn it. I got a couple two points in there as well. Um, I had uh, not given the Spitfire the map they took off the Outlaws, and uh, I gave the Spitfire a map against the Titans. Sheesh. So the Spitfire got a map this weekend. I simply chose which team they'd take it off of incorrectly. Mm. Gotcha. Who did, like, how, how many points did you get from those spring knockouts? Uh, from spring knockouts in East A, I got eight points, and East B, I got six. But I, I didn't see the Dragons losing. Um, and then obviously scores come into play. So East B is where I, I went wrong. I got everything in East A. I got zeros and zeros. Did you not lock them in or? No, I did not. I got six Looks and seven. You. But there was no countdown. There was a post on sub on the subreddit that like had descriptions about the, the team. So I figured, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll save this thread for later. I'll read it and then I'll come back. And my God, what what a terrible decision that was well i'm getting a zero from crystal ball if that's any consolation but that's not because i didn't lock in oh, the picks. me too i'm so upset about this this is such bs wait shock it's suck. like <laughs> shock oh and you get zero despite like getting the I rain so yeah or? i think you have to yeah, get you, it right? you, you have to get you had picked so, yeah from each region too. We, so, I also oh my east is even worse arguably <laughs> so so in, in the west i have Dallas. glads i have glads and outlaws so not i'm not bad. feeling too worried there yeah, but damn Dallas to hell and back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dallas is awful in the shock. Dallas in the shock. Yeah. 
just booming everyone right now for the crystal yeah. picks. Yeah. Um, as far as RSP leaderboard is concerned, guess who's at the top? Me. That uh, was a guess. Not me. It's it's not me anymore. It is me with 143 points, one point ahead of Kevin Liu, and uh, we've got a good 15 points on Atomic Skull. Wow, jeez, oh, Jordan, you're you're like almost 20 points behind me you right know, now. How the mighty have fallen! I'm like a little six. bit further than that. Oh, back good. I, at least I'm two points ahead of Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not far enough to give you like a comfortable. You know, rest for the you know, rest of this. Season. I'm almost on the podium. Atomic Skull only has two points more than me, so that's true. That's true. Let's get back Coming in there. For you, Atomic yeah. Skull. Uh, How about Sam? How many points does he have? Zero. Oh, zero. zero. Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I would be shocked if Sam actually had points. That would be more surprising. Um, on yeah. the Titans Discord uh, leaderboard, uh, I am in second. What's the Titans uh, leaderboard called? Uh, Vancouver Titans Discord. Oh. Is it is that what the leaderboard ID is for? I, uh, Vancouver Titans Discord. Okay, yeah. I will join that right now just to see. I think it's Vancouver Titans Discord. Okay, I'll give it a try. That's okay. And then the Toronto Defiant, I think, have one through their Discord. Though I was trying to keep an eye open for it, and they're such a prolific community. When conversation happens, I'm sure it came and went. And I've tried to find it, and I couldn't. Am so. I reading this correct? That you did you just say you're in second on the Vancouver Titans Discord? Yes. Wow. Good job. You're ahead of Soren Markov. Well, there, there's only 21 people there. I'm like, oh, man, I'm only 10th? That's not bad. And then I look down and it's like, not that big. Yeah. Oh, man. I I actually won the first week of the competitive Overwatch subreddit. I got rid of gold with... Oh, man, I don't hey, want to remember. I, I am not getting any gold. You've gotten some gold. So, therefore, That's you true. probably win uh, regardless. Um, hey. I was ready. I said, like, it only goes downhill from here, so. No. Uh, Soul Dynasty, they signed uh, Sunjun to a contract as a DPS player. Profit um, takes a rest. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad. And then um, live game, new event, Symmetra's Seeds of Order. What's this? It's cosmetics. Play matches, get cosmetics. It's your traditional, here, we get, we're giving you stuff in your live service game. Placate that's, yourselves. That's, that's like a line. I, I never thought I would have. I would hear Symmetra seeds of it's order. It's called seeds of order because it's a gardening skin. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. Cool. In in fairness, like the cardboard, and this is not the event, but like they just dropped a cardboard Reinhardt pack, oh, that thing's and I'm sick. like, oh, yeah, that thing's awesome. Like I like that skin. I'm not going to spend money on no, it. Agreed. I'm sorry. Agreed. But I, I like it. If only there were some randomized way that you might have a chance of getting that skin after a certain amount of progress or something. Yeah. Um, friend of the show, Avril, because he quite likes the name of it. Uh, did you see his thread on uh, PvE? I did. And uh, he also was on the most recent episode of Plat Chat and the Tactical Crouch podcast. And he uh, expanded on his thoughts from mm-hmm. uh, Platchat and his thread quite significantly on Tactical Crouch. Okay. Yeah. I was about to talk about the thread, but it seems like if there's more thoughts, maybe I should defer to you, you to give us the 411. You go ahead. If uh, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I don't recall where he left off on the thread. 
Well, I mean, the way he sort of sets it up is that you had uh, Kaplan following, you know, a game plan that had been laid out. And then the moment the game started to adjust where, hey, you're going to support this for much longer than what was on this piece of paper, that the uh, team started to essentially build a deficit. And where he eventually sort of gets to is that when you look at the amount of time and investment that was made simply to stick to a piece of paper that said, this is what our plan was, it created a a point where, well, we're going to fail on both if we don't make a decision now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, where I think he, he gets to is, is a fair place where this was the right decision. But when he's talking about how the, impact of it is felt all the way back to 2019 and imagine if the decision was made then where the game would be today mm-hmm. it's it's like okay maybe i'm not as upset at the loss of pve i'm more upset of how it's impacted the live service game we have today though i still wish if you're going to show us something give us something yeah yeah it was it was that's that is largely what he talks about um i felt that so on plat chat i mean it was a little unfair to him. Um, Scott Custa kind of, kind of steamrolled him in a lot of ways. Um, and, and, and Scott was noticeably, uh, upset about the whole thing. And I think it, the impression that I got was very much, this is reading between the lines. This is insane speculation. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. It really seemed like Scott was questioning his, career as a content creator but also as tied to the overwatch league as he is um and it seemed like that's where his thoughts were coming from and i think avril who's in a similar boat you know his career is mostly associated with overwatch i don't think he does content creation side as much um but he was speaking about it a lot more i think from a standpoint of sort of removing the emotion from it and looking at the picture as a whole and going into tactical crouch, he started off and I very much was actually for the first about 20 minutes listening to it thinking, I'm not so sure I like Avril that much. The way he was talking about things, he was coming in very defensively. I felt, which to be fair, like I, like I just suggested, um, you know, he, I think he was feeling a little steamrolled from plat chat and like, he was honestly probably getting a lot of flack online for what he had said. Um, but after I just kind of, you know, I took a minute and I listened and I kind of considered what he was saying. And I think ultimately the place he ends at is, is pretty fair. And he also brings up good points that, you know, yes, there were failings on the team, uh, and, and clear things they could have done better. Communication is a big one. The fact that they showed us what they showed us and then now are, are going back on that. They never should have showed us that, um, and things like that. But ultimately, uh, you know, he also presents the argument very well that this is probably ultimately for the better. It just burns because, because of the situation we find ourselves in. Um, and, and a, and a big part of it is like, like you kind of said that, you know, he, he talked about there is that, uh, you basically have a tale of two almost completely different development teams. One team came in with the pieces and the plans that were laid by the other team and told execute on this. And unfortunately they tried for a long time 
And when it wasn't coming together, they basically said, we either fail at both or we focus on the one that we know, uh, you know, we can be successful with. Um, and so they had to choose a path. So. Yeah, you, you guys kind of said what I wanted to say. I'll just add that I commend the people and I salute the, the brave souls that go to sleep every night thinking about the, like realizing the fact that their livelihood depends on Overwatch and, and Blizzard Activision. Like I, I cannot imagine living such a life. Yes, agreed. <laughs> These are my two cents. Anyhow, I'm sure this is going to be a topic we'll bring back every episode between now and the launch of Overwatch 3, because that's the kind of podcast we are. But we have reached the point that if you're still here, tuned in 90 minutes later, it's time for those final words of wisdom. So Omni, got some? Oh, yeah. my I'll sing my final words of wisdom. I'm still in a dream, snake eater. That's it. Metal Gear Solid 3, hopefully, by the time you guys listen. That's not going to get us DMC. We get, we get some new. <laughs> I'm not that not good, sorry. The Lady Gaga from earlier in the episode, maybe. That was pretty close. Yeah, yeah that, that's easier to uh, pull off. Like, I, I could do a better job, but my, my, my little kid is asleep, so I don't want to wake him up. It's a, it's a loud song. <laughs> Jordan? Um, I was just going to say that, uh, just reminder to everyone. Uh, be prepared for the newest entry in uh, Ready Set Pwn's catalog, uh, Ready Set Potato, our new cooking show. <laughs> Where we you know, talk I was about getting tense. Uh, I was getting tense. Poutine, fries, yeah, anything to do with uh, mash. It's it, you know, it's not necessarily Roasted, just potatoes, baked. but but they will at least be featured heavily in the first uh, first season. Okay. How's that like little uh, song from uh, they're taking the? Is it from they're taking the hobbits to Isengard? Like, or is it a separate thing? Like, bake them. But there was another one. Bake them, smash them, put them in a stew, bake them, fry them. I don't know. That that was that was that's that's um, from the movie or in book. But there was like later a remix of that, like going around in the. I don't know. It's 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 old internet stuff. It's like at least. 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, season two will be ready, set, parsnip. Ah, uh, there we go. Yep, yep. We're upping our game a little bit, moving into... Season three, ready, set, persimmon. <laughs> yep, moving into spices and things like that after ready, set, potato. We got to start ready, set, something pep- accessible. Ready, set, Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that's be the, the, the sort of... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the sponsor. Well, it's a, that's a prime a uh, uh, potential for sponsor yeah oh man um well hey on the theme of the current in-game event uh, do you know why the gardener quit uh, their job no but i do know why the chicken crossed the basketball court yeah well we don't need to know that we want to know why the gardener <laughs> quit their job it's because the celery wasn't high enough the celery. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> pretty good. that's pretty good that's pretty good uh, so here we are at the end of a show and end a series of bad jokes. If you have reached this point, make sure you drop into our Discord and tell us how bad it was at discord.io slash readysetpwn. You can also uh, follow us at readysetpwn.com, at readysetpwn on all the social media platforms that we've signed up on. And uh, please like and subscribe our podcast because it does us a solid when you do and it makes us like uh, you even more, even though we don't know who you are because you haven't told us. Uh, but on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, Jordan Esser, Dr. Jam, and myself, Chris at Lightforce. And by the way, subscribe to the One Man Point Podcast uh, hosted by Jordan. Catchphrase! <laughs>